You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We saw glimpses of hope of the future with Justin Fields in the Bears-Packers matchup early on and a little bit toward the end, but still at this stage, the rookie quarterback not quite ready yet to outduel Aaron Rodgers. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our daily video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen every day. The podcast is here for you five days a week. Today we're recapping a tough 24-14 loss to the Green Bay Packers. We'll start out by figuring out what went wrong. Why did the Bears lose this game? What happened to cause the Bears to lose this game? Because it's not always you know one clear and obvious thing or one play here or one player here that caused the whole issue. So we'll kind of piece together what went wrong in a couple of different areas that I think most directly led to the result we saw. Then we'll turn our attention more specifically to Justin Fields' performance and this Bears offense as a whole that ran the ball well but just couldn't put more than 14 points on the board. We wrap up with the defense that got after Aaron Rodgers a little bit, had some struggles here and there, and ultimately didn't do enough on their end of the bargain either. But I do like to try and piece down a little bit here, because especially in a game like this, it didn't feel like it was this clear and obvious, you know, we've had games in the past where it's like, ah, well, Aaron Rodgers threw for 500 yards and five touchdowns, and the Bears just had no answer. Or, you know, their quarterback threw three or four interceptions, and they fumbled, and it's just like, oh, well, you can kind of point to the turnovers and say, oh, well, that's that's why the Bears lost this game. This game didn't didn't feel quite like that. There was some back and forth. There was a good competitive push for a lot of this game, and ultimately Chicago ends up losing by 10, and and you're, you're kind of left scratch your head a little bit like, well, wait a minute, what, what exactly went wrong? And I think uh, the, the number one thing I'm able to point to, and I do think this is a game that was not on any one thing, right? The defense needed to be better. The offense needed to be better. Justin Fields needed to be better. The offensive line needed to be You know, a lot of different places could have and should have been better. It, it definitely feels like a, a more collective team loss in, in some regards. But what I keep coming back to for myself in this game as where the Bears really fell short was finishing drives. And it sounds like coach speak, and it is kind of a coach speak thing that Matt Nagy will say, well, you know, we got to finish better or whatever. And, and that can be a, kind of a nonsensical or just like a, a throwaway kind of line. But when I go back and through these drives that the Bears made in this game, it, it, it felt like they were moving the ball a decent amount. They just, you know, they only found the end zone twice and never really, never even got a field goal attempt off. They, they couldn't finish those drives with actual points. And there, I think there were a few things that, that ended up happening to prevent them from finishing. And that's where I'd like to go one level deeper, right? The coach speaker say, ah, oh, we just couldn't finish. Well, what does that mean? And what, and how did that actually manifest itself in this game? But if you go back through each drive of this Bears game, first drive, 80 yards, touchdown. Beautiful. That's what we became we, we that's what we thought this team should look like that's what the future is supposed to look like with Justin Fields it was like oh this is this is what it's like to be able to fire back 
against Aaron Rodgers. Excellent. Second drive ends when the defense jumps off sides. Justin Fields thinks it's a free play, floats it up to the end zone, not on the same page with Allen Robinson, intercepted, looked around for the flag as to when the players jumped off sides that would have given him the free play and just a free five yards. No flags, turnover. It's an arm punt, so the Packers get a touchback and start with the 20. It wasn't like a, you know, didn't give the Packers great field position, but it did kill a Bears drive. I'm not going to blame Justin Fields on that one. I'm not going to blame anybody but the referee. I mean, I don't like to blame the referees. I do not play the, oh, Bears got screwed by the referees game because good teams can overcome the referees. On that individual play and a couple other plays in this game, I'm willing to blame the referees for why that drive ended. So touchdown, referees interception. Then you get the Bears had one three and out in the entire game. Was was their third drive of the game was the only three and out. So they were picking up first downs. They picked up a first down in every single drive, except for that one drive in the second quarter, I believe, was the only three and out of the game. It was the immediate drive after the interception. As I'm pulling it up here, I believe it's just yeah, it's the first drive of the second quarter. They go three and out. Fields misses the first pass. They run they get a run that goes nowhere, and then Fields gets sacked and they and they punt there. But then they come back out after that and drive down the field towards the end of the two-minute you know, two drill in the first half and get the ball moving pretty well. And then, you know, you get to, what was it, third and third and eight, and you have the delay of game. I think that was where Fields tried to call timeout, and they wouldn't give it to him, and they called the delay of game and didn't reset the play clock. And then off the, then the third and 13, Field gets sacked. So they went from having the ball on the 33-yard line in field goal range to a penalty and then a sack, and they had to punt instead of getting potentially at least three points. Out of, out of that drive. So there, there's one, you know, you start to maybe put some of that on the referees, but more so I think it's really hard for your rookie quarterback to take a sack in that play. So touchdown, interception, three and out, sacked out of field goal range. They come out in the third quarter. They go four and out. They have a nice first down run and then three plays and a punt. Okay, next drive, driving downfield again. You know, you're getting down towards, you know, in Green Bay territory, past midfield, Incomplete pass here. Some pressure on Fields has to get rid of it on third down, and the Bears punt from the Packers' 40, just outside of field goal range. And not that a couple of more field goals would have necessarily won the Bears this game, but you know, you take a 10-point game, and you make it a 7-point game, and you make it a 4-point game with two field goals, right? It changes some of the different dynamics of how the Packers might have operated offensively or defensively, and maybe where the Bears' level of aggressiveness and and how much Fields might have been pressing in some of those moments or let pressing less if the score had been a little bit closer with an extra field goal here and there. Then they, they get a touchdown after that, and then the last the last drive of the game, of course, sacked into fourth and a mile. Fields has to throw up a Hail Mary and, and turnover on downs. But it's, So touchdown, interception, three and out. Then sacked at a field goal range, four and out, stalling out at the 40 and punting from Packers territory, touchdown, and then sacked again out of field goal range. So, you know, it, it's like a fluke interception here. And then there were only two, you know, really like short offensive drives. And then it's just things that stalled and died. And I think some of it was on fields, missing a couple of throws here. Some of it was on fields, taking some sacks that he shouldn't have. Some of it was on the offensive line, maybe putting him in some of those positions to take some of those sacks. And some of it's on receivers, not getting open downfield. But I think offensively not being able to finish some of those drives, even with field goals, was ultimately what led to the Bears' loss more than anything else. I think there is other factors in addition to that. But I think number one thing I circle is that inability to finish drives. We'll, we'll go a little bit more specifically on this Bears offense and some of the things we saw from Justin Fields, from the running game, from the offensive line, from the receivers, and the play calling next on Locked On Bears. Does this sound familiar to you? 
You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and then you've got your neighbor's best friend's login so you can stream some of the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without all the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to ever buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and, and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Seemed like the Bears' offense varied by package a little bit in this game. And they came out in the first couple of drives, or really that first touchdown drive, and it felt like a continuation of what we had seen in, in recent weeks, right? Some tight ends, some heavy run in the ball, and then Justin Fields stepping up and delivering some throws. He had Darnell Mooney on the sideline, and then Allen Robinson, I think it was like back-to-back throws. And that second one especially, hitting that sort of cover-two hole between the safety and the cornerback on the far side of the field. I mean, those were like the, the impressive next level Justin Fields throws that we're used to or that we're used to but that we're we've been seeing more and more of from him and is that like developmental path upward right it get, brings you brings you forward uh, you know as the quarterback continues to sort of grow and, and those are like the yes like this is the quarterback you drafted this is why you drafted him but it's a combination of that with you know first play is Khalil Herbert for nine yards on a carry and then you get uh, Khalil Herbert running for the touchdown at the end, and you get Cole Komet in there and some heavier personnel and some different tight end formations and throwing a lot of different things at the Packers in rhythm, on script, on those first drives of the game. And then it, it felt to me like the Bears got away from that a little bit more, right? They came on the second drive, and, and Herbert ran for, I think, the longest play of the game was his 25-yard run there, and they still got some runs going, but then it, it felt like they got a little bit pass happy in that second later in that first ha- first quarter and into the second and third quarters where on that second drive of the game it's run run and then pass pass Herbert gets one run and then pass 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 so you you know they they, they, they kind of got away a little bit on that drive from really sticking with that ground and pound and there were some to, to the Packers defensive credit there were a couple times there where they stopped the Bears for a one or two yard gain and then you're in second and long or longer down in distances where you do want to then get back to passing you know because you just have to stay ahead of the sticks a little bit there and not put yourself in some third and longs but then you know when you go three and out they come out passing on first down a run that goes nowhere and then you got third and long you got to pass on third down if you don't get it you know, they punt there. So some of it's some game situation stuff. But then, you know, you get at least in the end of the first half, they get to the running game a little bit more until you hit the two-minute warning, and then you got to go to the passing game. Then you end up getting sacked and having the penalties and getting bumped out of field goal range. But you'd think, like, third quarter, right? You come out running the ball first couple of plays, and then you, then you pass, and, you, and then you sack, and you come out again. It's, it's like they, they, they get back to running the ball to start drives, and then they just couldn't, they couldn't stick with the running game. And I think that's part of why they couldn't finish drives. And sometimes it would be here and there, the running game not working. But for the most part, you know, Khalil Herbert finishes with just under 100 yards and averaging five yards per carry. That was not the problem by any way, shape, or form. He ran great. Maybe it was not enough running. I mean, they had, I think he had seven carries to the first quarter and a half. And, we, you know, we were seeing them hitting the 20 mark in the previous couple of games. But he still finished 19 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. It was a great game from Khalil Herbert. And you'd think that would be enough, right, 
with the way this offense was going, but they almost, you kind of wanted to have that Damian Williams compliment, right? So you could still give Herbert the same number of carries, but then mix in another extra 50 yards and some odd carries from Damian Williams to really sort of hammer that side of the offense home. Because even though they were running the ball well, it didn't feel like it was as ingrained in their offensive identity in this game. It, it, it felt like something that they could go to and move the ball, but it didn't feel like something they were necessarily hanging their hat on. It still felt like they kept having to come back to Justin Fields needing to make a play, needing to find a receiver open downfield, and he couldn't. And, you know, watching the broadcast, right, we can't see the wide receivers running their routes when they get more than seven or eight yards downfield. So we see Fields in the pocket. We see him looking around for a receiver and having to scramble. We assume then that wide receivers are not getting open. We, we haven't seen the tape to be able to, to say that. I mean, I think Greg Olson broke down a play or two of the All-22 during the game where he was seeing receivers not getting open. And that, that seems to be the, the narrative coming out of this performance. I'd like to see the tape for myself before I really hammer that home. But when you're going against the Packers' injured secondary, we talked about it last week on the Game Plan podcast and even on Thursday with Crossover Thursday with Peter Bukowski, the Packers did not have bodies back there. And even in this game, they added more injuries to that group. So where they had guys we've never heard of covering Bears wide receivers, Darnell Savage leaves the game. So like, I think Adrian Amos was their only starter in that secondary for most of that game. And you have, you know, you have Razul Douglas back there. You had somebody named Henry Black in the game, Isaac Yadam. These are one-on-one matchups that Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, at the very least, should be convincingly winning more often than not. I'm not going to pretend like Marquise Goodwin is going to be this elite receiver that's going to smoke everybody up and down the field. Same thing with Demir Bird. I don't know why he keeps getting playing time. He's not playing well at all from, from what I can see. But clearly, Bears wide receivers not getting open in a matchup that they should win. This is not a, a great secondary shutting down the Bears receivers and fields having nowhere to go with it. So part of me wonders, is, is it a timing thing where... Maybe they were open in windows, but Fields didn't see them in those windows. Fields, his, you know, his, his, as a rookie, he's still a little bit slow sometimes to see it and get the ball off to it if it's not his first read. And we see it even on some of the run-pass option plays where he waits that extra half second before he throws it and he got flagged for an eligible receiver downfield, right? Some of those are just rookie quarterback things, but I, I'm willing to put a little bit more of the blame on the wide receivers for now before we get a chance to really go see the, go see the All-22 all film of how this game played down. I'm, I'm also willing to put blame on Justin Fields for missing some throws. I mean, there were some passes that he actually threw downfield where, you know, he just sailed it a little bit over Mooney's head or under a little low to, to Allen Robinson, just sort of little rookie mistake things. A lot of that has come down to his footwork in recent games where sometimes he just, for whatever reason, it's not smooth and crisp and he'll shift his weight weird or do a little extra hop before he steps in and throws the ball. And it's just little, little mechanical things that you'd like to see a quarterback clean up over time as he develops a little bit more over throughout his career. And some of it may be just mental. You know, you're pressing a little bit. It's the third quarter. The offense just keeps stalling out, and you need to make a play. And so he sees something, he just gets excited and wants to fire it in there or whatever and then puts too much on it just because that moment in the game and the feeling, it could just be a, a mental thing like that. I think both of those possibilities fall under the category of rookie mistakes and not like, some fatal flaw that he's never going to be able to fix or will never get better because it's just ingrained in who he is as a quarterback. I'm uh, definitely not not any sort of long-term concerns there with Justin Fields. The bigger thing was just taking sacks when he shouldn't. And it wasn't like the Browns game where it was, you know, nine sacks or anything where he's just completely sort of rattled. I think they got four sacks is what they were credited for, but they came at bad times. And some of the blame goes on the offensive line, but I blame the offensive line for the pressure. 
That's right. So from the time he snaps the ball to the time he's moved off his spot, that's the offensive line's fault. If that's happening quickly, that's on the blockers. But what's Fields' fault is actually being taken to the ground and not throwing the ball away or finding your hot receiver out of the backfield or a checkdown receiver. And on some of those plays, he doesn't have a hot receiver or a checkdown receiver. So just throw the ball to the sideline, throw it out of bounds, and don't lose yards. I realize he wants to make a play. He knows he can make plays with his legs. He knows he has a great arm. And he knows, especially in college sometimes, he could do those plays and, and extend a play and look downfield and fire something deep and open. We've seen him do it a couple of times as a Bears quarterback. But this early in his career with receivers, he's not 100% on the same page with, with an offensive line that's struggling. Throw it away, take the incomplete pass, and most importantly, in some of these game situations, know where you are on the field. If you don't take the sack, you're still in field goal range or it's fourth and more manageable, you could potentially go for it. Or if sometimes it's third, it's third down. And, you know, you could potentially go for it or you know, whatever the situation might be. And, and for whatever reason, you know, he wants to be the hero. He wants to, he wants to lead his team. It's, it's, a, it's a competitiveness. It's a leadership thing. And I totally understand that. But as a rookie, you're supposed to learn that over time. And, again, not a fatal flaw type thing, but I think something that's very, very correctable for him moving forward throughout his career. So I, I do find myself putting a lot more of the blame on the offense. And, some on fields, some on the wide receivers, some on the offensive line. Pretty much the only person I don't give any blame to is Khalil Herbert. I thought he ran really, really well. and was really impressive for a six-round rookie in his first career start. Some great explosiveness, decisiveness, runs hard, has some juice, and made a lot of guys miss. I mean, Khalil Herbert was the, the absolute bright spot for me in this game. But I don't want to absolve the defense of any blame either. They didn't have a terrible game, but wasn't necessarily their their strongest performance. We'll we'll look at what went wrong there in a few particular spots more than others next on Locked On Bears. My favorite limited edition flavor of Built Bars is back again this week and you got to get them while you can cuz otherwise they're going to be gone. Cookie dough chunk. I have a box of cookie dough chunk Built Bars in my pantry right now. I eat one every single day because they taste so delicious. A Built Bar is a protein bar, but it's the world's best tasting protein bar because it tastes like a candy bar. It's soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% real chocolate. But the cookie dough chunk flavor has actual little balls of cookie dough in the Built Bar, actual cookie dough. It tastes so good, but it's low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. There's not another protein bar product on the market that tastes this good, with those types of nutrient benchmarks of still being that good for you. You got to try it for yourself. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The Bears were unable to cover a four-point spread in this game at betonline.ag, the number one sports book we trust and the number one place we recommend. I believe the under hit with a 24-14 finish, that tells me it's a 38-point total. I think 44 was where the over-under was set in this game. A little bit more low scoring for both teams, maybe, than what all the odds makers were predicting for this one. But if you want to get on some action for next week's game, betonline.ag is the place to do it. If you know how these games are going to go, you can win big. And you can get even more money to play with. If you sign up for a free account, enter our promo code Locked On, and betonline.ag is going to give you a free welcome bonus to give you free money to bet with at BetOnline, where the game starts. 
if you just glance at the box score for this Packers game, I think immediately you, you look at the running game for Green Bay and you see what uh, I think uh, Aaron Jones had 76 yards, A.J. Dillon had 59, and they both averaged over five yards a carry. And you're like, ah, oh, well, this Bears run defense must have been the big problem. And like, and yes, but I think it's a, I think it's more nuanced than that because we talked about this on on the game plan show last week. I wanted the Packers to run the ball, and I still think that was the right idea. The problem is Aaron Jones had a run for 28 yards, and A.J. Dillon had a run of 36. It's those big, explosive plays that the Bears' defense gave up that was really the problem. And I don't see that really as a, as a consequence of the rest of the Packers' running game because you take away that 36-yard run from A.J. Dillon, he's averaging two yards a carry in this game. They'd otherwise shut him down, but he just ran hard and break three for one because— the big issue here, and this is this is what I come back to for this defense more than anything else in this game, tackling. How many missed tackles did we see in this game? I didn't feel like the Packers were winning the the line of scrimmage with their running game, right? The Bears front seven was playing it hard, but they just couldn't wrap up. They couldn't tackle these running backs, and they broke away for two big plays. Devontae Adams had big plays after the catch, and it was those explosive plays for the Packers offense that I think really put them over the top. Because you held Aaron Rodgers to 195 passing yards. Pretty darn good day at the office. And if you corral those two explosive running plays, they're not, they're not running it down your throat throughout the game. I think Jones would have been at four yards a carry. Dylan would have been at two, minus those two explosive running plays. So really, it's a handful of plays here and there that opened everything up, and it's so much of it comes down to tackling for this team. And good Lord, Eddie Jackson on that Devontae Adams sideline where he just, you know, he lowers the shoulder to try and hit him out of bounds, but you can't just hit the guy when you're the last deep safety on the field. I don't like the lower the shoulder hit stick hitting a guy pretty much anywhere on the field, but I can understand it more if there's two linebackers converging on a running back and you know that I've got another tackler here and another tackler here and another tackler behind me and a defensive lineman there that if if I just want to go for the hit and try and knock the ball out or whatever, in that situation, sure, it works. Still, I would prefer wrap him up. But where you can't just deliver the hit and not wrap him up is when you are the single deep safety on that side of the field, literally the last line of defense. You are called the safety for a reason because it's the safety valve. It's the thing to keep your defense safe from the touchdown. And so when, you're, when your slot cornerback, in that case Jalen Johnson, gets smoked by Devontae Adams... Eddie Jackson has to know, all right, I'm the last line of defense. I just have to get this guy to the ground and make sure he doesn't score a touchdown. And in it, as it turned out, the hit was enough to make him step a millimeter out of bounds to be down at the 20 for a 30-yard gain instead of a 50-yard touchdown. But good Lord, man, just wrap up and tackle the guy. I mean, it's ridiculous how Eddie Jackson does not give the proper effort and credence to tackling. I, and I also didn't like how Jalen Johnson started jogging. He got smoked by Devontae Adams and stopped sprinting. Go after it. Finish the play. He, it looked like he was assuming Eddie Jackson was going to make that tackle, and you can't assume Eddie Jackson is going to make any tackle at this point. You run, you sprint, you run as hard as you can until you hear that whistle. And that's for all 11 guys on either side of the ball. It's high school football. One, it's freshman high school football. It's middle school peewee football. I mean, elementary school kids, you run as hard as you can until you hear the whistle. 
And these guys in the NFL in this secondary, I just feel like when you see Eddie Jackson and Tashawn Gibson, you know, your experienced leaders on the back end, when they set that example of poor tackling and poor effort, I think your younger cornerbacks see that. Kendall Vildor sees it. Jalen Johnson sees it. Duke Shelley sees it. Xavier Crawford, who took over for Duke Shelley in this game, they all see that. And even if they know in their head what they're supposed to do, it's like it's kind of becomes that like mentality and that that just that level of effort that the, the kind of permeates through them when it becomes like, well, the leadership guys are doing it this way. So not that you're intentionally trying to be lazy, but it's just you emulate what you see from the guys that are supposed to be the leaders on your defense, and you just don't see it from Eddie Jackson. And I know Jackson is still strong from a coverage standpoint. He's really smart in understanding this defense, and I know he allows them to do a lot of things they want to do schematically, specifically in pass coverage, but he's such a liability tackling. And it's only a problem. It's only a huge problem when you're literally the back guy on the end of the defense. You know, a cornerback that can't tackle, at least you have safeties and linebackers to kind of come over and help there. And even linebackers, you know, you're supposed to have safeties that can tackle behind them. But it's a problem with Eddie Jackson. There was a problem in this game. Almost gave up a way, way, way too easy touchdown for this defense. And so that's, that's what I come back to. It's like those explosive plays were way too much, and too much of that came down to tackling. And I think the pass rush did a good job of making Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. You know, they sacked him three or four times and got some pressure on him up the middle, and the Packers offensive line struggled with that, and that's great. There's always going to be some throws from Rodgers that are just wow throws. I mean, Hall of Fame player is going to make some Hall of Fame plays. And sometimes there are always going to be some Rodgers plays that you just can't do anything about. It's a perfect throw. Even if it's great defense, a perfect throw can beat great defense sometimes. The Bears can live with those in a game like this. You held Rodgers to 195 yards. He did not kill the Bears defense in this game the way he has in so many other of these Packers games. But, you know, two 25-plus yard runs killed you and and two 25-yard-plus receptions from from Devontae Adams that both had missed tackles on them killed you. All four of the Packers' biggest plays were permeated by missed tackles. That's what I think the defensive performance came down to. Holding the Packers to 24 feels like not a terrible thing all in all, and I'm not blaming the defense for this loss. Offense needs to score more than 14 points to keep them in this, not turn the ball over, not take sacks, et cetera, et cetera. But that's sort of where I see this defensive performance coming down to is tackling first and foremost because otherwise you more or less kept Rodgers reasonably under wrap, not under wraps, but like you kept Rodgers from torching you. And other than two explosive running plays where you couldn't tackle, you kept the running game from, you know, physically dominating you at the line of scrimmage. And so that's really what I feel like it comes down to. And I'm excited to get into the all 22 film of this game later this week to break it down and see a little bit more specifically what went wrong on some of those plays. Make sure you come back and listen for those breakdowns all week long here in the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure then to subscribe on however you're listening, whatever podcast app you're on right now, or if you're watching on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel, that subscribe button right below is going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen each and every day. Thanks for everyone who's been following along the conversation in the Facebook group. It really makes game days more fun, kind of watching these games together. All the comments in the comment section on the YouTube videos as well kind of creates a little bit of a community discussion around these Locked On Bears podcasts. And then I hope more than anything else, that makes it a little bit easier for you to bear down.